Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome. This is the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Liz Loza. Matt Harmon's over there. <laughs> this intro feels very, uh, what? Very, very different from normal. Don't judge me. I'm not judging. I'm just. Would was, you like me to not be nice? It sounded it almost well. It kind of sounded nice, but like almost like someone. Like ans- I was having to try to be nice. To yeah, you? yeah. Like someone answering a phone hmm. call. Like, hmm, hello, good to hear from you. Welcome to Doctor John's office. How can we help you? Like nice, but yeah, a little. Well, not real, like not really. And nice. Would you like to? Would you like to know more of my performance? Like seven words into this show. Well, normally I think you crush it with the intro, and I just Dad, how you doing over there? <laughs> Brett, our producer, already Hanging rolling on. his eyes, <laughs> Hanging on by a thread, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. He's already a little flushed, folks. In oh. a nice, in a nice way, a way, like you pinched your cheeks. Yeah, the great. ones on your face. Okay, so it's summer, and um, we got back from vacation last week. How was y'all's first week back from vacation? Well, Brett was back for a while. I will. I'll just say this: it knocked me on my keister. Mm. Totally was did not have a great week. Totally, like I, oh, ever, I want to go back on vacation. Well, theoretically, I got back from vacation on July second, but just kind of rolled my vacation right into July fourth. Mm-hmm. Very so, strategic. No surprises. Absolutely. The audience is taking notes here. Yeah. Well, seriously, though, you should do that. Though that's smart. Round of applause for me, uh, but I, 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 last week was a little difficult. So why did I need another break? Because Matt claps for himself yeah. all the time. Something like that. All right. Anyway, so we're all back now. Hopefully, we're in form. I got knocked on my rear. Matt didn't. Brett's been back and churning out like the adult that he oh, is. Yeah. And in the summertime, we watch, we binge shows. Have you watched Stranger Things, friend? I finished season three um, last weekend. Okay. I am not all the way through it. How many episodes are there? I think there's seven or eight. Yeah, so I'm like halfway. (sighs) I mean, I wish we could talk. I mean, I wish we could talk freely about it, but I don't want to spoil it for you. Well, thank you for your consideration. Yeah, no problem. I do think a lot of people are watching it. I'm still waiting for Susie to answer the damn phone. Don't think that's going to happen, but I'll wait and I'll find out. I also was thinking that it's a nice fit when we're talking about this time of year. There's so much coach speak. There's so much dead time. And we're trying to make a lot of something out of a lot of nothingness. Um, And so the caution to give to listeners who are paying attention right now is like, don't 
go whole hog on any piece of information, right? Like this is when you have to have your, to be aware and not bite too hard on a, and a little nug of information. So there are, however, narratives that have been built up as, and, and are punctuated with the coach speak and the, and the, fake news, if you will, that we receive this time of year. And so I wanted to take some of those that we are just presupposing to be fact and see if in the regular season they could live in the upside down. Hmm. Okay. So if I'm understanding this correctly, which uh, <laughs> I feel like it's been a little difficult for me uh, in this just in you. this moment, um, this is narratives that we all assume are 100% going to be true. Not not because what you were saying earlier is like those narratives building. That's kind of sounds like the drumbeat series that I'm writing, which is like these, you know, these offseason percolations that are getting louder and louder as the offseason goes on. For example, like the Broncos backfield, you know, we've been kind of hearing rumblings that it could be a split, but then Philip Lindsay, you know, those are different from what I think you're saying, which are like more things that we just, these are things we assume to be true, but what if they are not? Correct. Got it. Okay. I'm in. All right. I'm in now. And I also want to clarify, I am sure that our listeners are more intelligent and astute than the garden variety podcast consumer. And so some of you may not believe these to be absolute truths, right? Like you may be smarter than that. So please don't at me being like, I never thought that X, Y, and that's a lazy take. Because let me tell you, if you were to go on, oh, the Twitter or the comment section of any article written about fantasy football, you will find a lot of these presupposed takes. And you know what? If you're not one of these people that believe these presupposed takes, but then we're going to go ahead and talk about how they could be something else. We're going to tell you how to take advantage of these dipshits that do believe that. All right. So you go first. Oh, great. <laughs> so I want to let's kind of start with this Broncos backfield that I mentioned Sexy, earlier. Sexy. Let's do it. Because um, people have been kind of chirping about it lately. Um, I saw uh, people on fantasy Twitter talking about it today because there was an article that came out earlier this morning about how this is a full-blown competition, right? This could be Royce Freeman, the breakout 2.0. Brad Evans redemption tour, some might call it. But I think coming into this offseason, and we've talked about this a lot, and I was, to your credit, Liz, I feel like I've been a little slow to buy in on this potentially being a split. But the more and more I've thought about it, I'm like, what if, is there a scenario that exists where Royce Freeman takes this backfield over from Philip Lindsay, who was a shining star as a rookie, but is, you know, not the pedigree player. And this is also a fresh start with a new coaching staff that might have a system that fits Royce Freeman better. So my, my question is, how do we approach the, the Broncos backfield if in fact we do live in the upside down in uh, the regular season. And it's not even just a split, but what if Royce Freeman ends up becoming the guy? I think you lean into all of the Royce Freeman value that you can get right now, because I think that Royce Freeman will obviously, obviously in Rich Scangarello's Kyle Shanahan-esque zone scheme, rely on Royce Freeman, who is a perfect fit on early downs and in short yardage situations. And also, Fine. Philip Lindsay will be back uh, in time for training camp. His wrist is great. Okay, he, there's no denying he is undersized. Yes, his breakaway run rate, I said it without stumbling, um, is fantastic, but he is not great at yards after contact, right? Like, he goes down. He is undersized. He is coming off of an injury. Why in the world would you run this guy who is cheap 
into the ground when you can use him for splash plays and be more creative and use Royce, who you've spent more money on, who you've invested more in, on the dirty work. And here's where the rubber meets the the road with this take, too, because and this is what's kind of made me come around on Freeman, because, you know, we talked last week about mock drafts and st- or I think we talked about we talked about Scott Fishbowl and like I know you've done a ton of mock drafts I've started timed out on all three of them today Scott Fishbowl on or? Scott Fishbowl and two of my mocks you, timed out on all three you need to talk to to uh, Bob my, Lung no you need to talk to my buddy franchise you know because he has uh, he's a small but angry man that well that, we have that in common uh and he is but so upset right of course he is so upset about people you know, because that's the thing about Scott Fishbowl. Like everybody chirped, but hey, you're about to time out. You're about to time out. It's a goddamn draft in. Uh, I said it's goddamn. A it's a goddamn draft. slow draft in July. Maybe relax. Anyways, so he's 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 also, in. He's if been intent- would Stop asking me to be a guest on your effing podcast. Maybe I'd have a little, a little bit, bit of more time. time. To draft. He's franchise has been so pissed about it. He's been intentionally bleeding the clock, which is just a beautiful move. But anyways, sorry, that's a whole other no, side. I didn't mean to time out completely on all three, but I did. you're not a full blown psychopath like he is. Uh, anyways, so I I have been doing a bunch of best ball drafts recently. Which, by the way, our best ball app is now our best ball game is now live in the yahoo fantasy app you can go play it there i have already done two drafts myself uh just snorting this stuff up and uh let me tell you here's here's the problem rounds i feel like i say this every year probably but this year in particular it feels even more pronounced rounds five through eight for running backs suck there is not like a single pick in there that I absolutely love. You know, you're t- like Tevin Coleman is the guy who stands out in round five. He's like, all right, cool. I'm willing to take this bet here. But the rest of it, it's like you're looking at, you know, Miles Sanders, Latavius Murray, Jordan Howard, but Royce Freeman frequently there in that eighth round range. And I have been recently, especially in best ball scenarios, intrigued by that. I've taken him in a lot of places because of the value. And I agree with you. And weirdly, tangentially, I was asked on a podcast yesterday if I thought of the San Francisco 49ers backfield, which running back had the most potential. And I was like, is this a question? People are asking this question? Like, like, I'm not, God bless the souls brave enough to mess with that. But like, Tevin Coleman's the obvious answer. And and it appears that I am. So I don't know if I'm brave enough, but I might just be stupid enough to uh, to mess with the Tevin Coleman experience because, yeah, again, in just in that range, like like you taking Tevin Coleman or Darius Geis, Tevin Coleman. I don't want anything to do with Darius no. Geis. You taking Tevin Coleman or Lamar Miller. I mean, you know, the ultimate ma'am draft pick, Liz. I might take Lamar Miller if I take like Dalvin Cook early in a lot of like riskier mm, that's running actually, backs for that's, balance. That's very smart, Liz. Uh, Daryl Henderson, Rashad Penny, Tariq Cohen. You these are the I other love guys. Me some Rashad Penny, though. I'm all about Chris Carson, but he frequently goes a little too high. That uh, he's also on... like gonna hurt his thumb and not. Hey, play. but he's still gonna rush for like a thousand yards because the Seahawks are gonna run that many times. But anyways, yeah. So I mean, that's I I think this is a scenario to really kind of break down like the different possibilities because it, it will have a, a big impact like on both of on both of these players and if both of them are healthy I think that's intriguing for Denver because of course I don't think they want to be throwing the ball you know six oh, no, times this with Joe offense is going to strive for balance whether it's yeah. Flacco or Locke under center the receiving pieces are interesting and we're going to get into the Broncos I think a little bit later in in even more depth um, because Brett wants us to talk about them every week uh, and that's Drew Locke signed and Dalton <laughs> Risner. Cool. Have you seen there the- was some drama? It's been resolved. 
the two second round picks are reporting to camp. We can Hall of Fame game. Rest. Here we come. It might be the only game we win this year. Who is who are they playing in the Hall? The of Falcons. Fame? Why do you? We think? have a chance. We have a fighting chance in Canton, Ohio. Well, thank God. Um, How is this part of the upside down again? This is not. We okay. just went on a little tangent right, and right, gave right, our right. listeners some extra extra Broncos extra, extra content. Broncos content. All right. So I am surprised moving away, if if I am allowed now, your co-host. Please. We've we've (laughs) discussed so much Denver. Um, I am surprised at how staunch people are about Tom Brady's fantasy value. Legitimately, the minute you say something negative, I am not disputing his goatness IRL. But if you say to someone, Tom Brady's like, might probably gonna fall out of the top 18 fantasy quarterbacks heads explode explode. you cannot say that he has this man has ice water running through his veins um he doesn't eat the tips of bananas avocado ice cream like the whole like people just get nuts and i think that that is insane Like, to me, that is the upside down. But the narrative that I have discovered is that Tom Brady is absolutely still probably a QB1, but a top 15 for sure. His ADP is QB15. That still is too damn high for me. Hmm. I think that when you... Going around the end of the eighth round right now. Which is the same place that Carson Wentz is going. Yeah. So give me Carson Wentz over Tom Brady by tenfold, right? Like I would probably rank Brady, I don't know, QB 18-ish, QB 20-ish, and I have Carson Wentz ranked QB 10. So I think Tom Brady's existence causes us, makes us, forces us to reconcile the difference between fantasy and real life. And that is a very, very fine line to walk when you are an NFL aficionado who dabbles in fantasy, right? But when I look at like the fact that the team ran the third most rushing plays in the NFL last year, which was drastically different than what they did in 2017 when both Brandon Cooks, when Brandon Cooks was on the squad and Gronk was not a former, like a shell of his former self. Yeah. And now we look into 2019 and the team's personnel, whether or not you want to believe that Gronk is going to, even if Gronk comes back, y'all, he ain't coming back until the postseason. So stop with this stuff. And he's, I mean, whatever. He could come back. I can see that happening, but it's not going to happen until like week 19 because we know the Patriots are going to get a first round. Yeah, December at the earliest. Right. But when I look at the transformation that this team's personnel has undergone and I think like, okay, Nikhil Harry, people got lots of takes about draft Twitter, got lots of takes about Nikhil Harry. He's still a rookie. Sure. He excels in like contested catch situations and he's going to eat over the middle of the field. He's still a rookie. Josh Gordon, also a guy that I am taking in like rounds 14 in a lot of drafts. Cause oh why boy. the heck not? Oh boy. Just Here why not? Go. But he is still suspended indefinitely like in in round 14 i mean the truth is like if he's working out and he's still i would imagine that the patriots wouldn't continue this relationship if they didn't know something that we don't know but that's a separate conversation i don't think josh gordon can be a savior for this team he wasn't last year he is indefinitely suspended that's not enough for me to believe that brady is going to have the weapons to push him into top 15 production and also, when I look at the, a, a team that drafted Damian Harris, who I adore in the third round, and when I, more importantly, remember Brady squirming in the pocket because <laughs> and bailing on throws because he was afraid of getting sacked, then I certainly 
will draft Carson Wentz ahead of him and have no problem burying his fantasy, not real life, value in 2019. I I love it. And I've noticed doing drafts that there's, and I think this goes to what you're saying, because I think fantasy analysts are on this take, like in terms of where they're ranking Brady, but... You know, there's obviously any time you tweet about Brady and anything negative, you know, Pat's nations are coming. So but there's what I'm saying is there's a variation between the between the opinions on Tom Brady. And I think that shows up in drafts because, yes, there are certainly times when Brady's going to go high. But these best ball drafts I've just done the last couple of days on on our platform, he's going around like he's his face is popping up there around like Sam Darnold and Josh Allen, you know, which like I think Josh Allen could easily be a better fantasy quarterback than than Tom Brady. Uh, if you're brave enough, talk about talk about bravery. If you need to, you need to have that one. But like, again, there's just a wide range with Brady. So you gotta, and I agree with you. Like the construction of the Patriots' offense right now, it just doesn't seem to lend itself to like a high flying aerial attack. And we know he's not a rushing quarterback. Yeah. Right. Like we we know that's never been his skill set. No. So so he needs passing volume, and more importantly, needs passing touchdowns. Where are those touchdowns coming from? Who are they going to? You know, is Matt LaCosse sleeper? James White? I mean, James White kind of goes in that area of... But when Julian Edelman is back, James White's production, as we saw at the top of last year, is, is halved. And and James White, too, goes in that area of the running backs I just said that make you feel weird. And James White kind of makes me feel weird because, like you mentioned, this looks like an offense that's going to set itself up to run. They have a good offensive line. They've spent top 100 picks on running backs in back-to-back years. If you had to pick right now, it's a little bit of a side question, but if you had to pick right now between like Sony Michelle in late round four or Damian Harris, Damian Harris in tenth round. round, say or late round nine. Still Damian Harris. Cool. All right. Not you? I know you said you were warming to Michelle. I'm warming to Michelle, but love Dame. Like I took, I've, I've taken a bit of both is, is kind of my, my philosophy sure. right now. To diversify your fantasy portfolio. Diversify your fantasy portfolio. Would you ever take both of them? On the same team? Probably not. Because we know that the Patriots backfield is money when it's cut down to two guys. Mm-hmm. So if it's Michelle and White, money. If it's Harris and White, money. But you know what's going to suck? If it's if Michelle, it's Michelle and Harris, Harris and White. White and Burkhead's in there every now and again. And then it's then it sucks. So I think if you're you, you need to have like one of those two guys hit and then the other to be a complete dud. So you don't want that on the same team. Give me your other upside. Or give me another upside down. Take. Give you another upside down take. So how about this? Arizona Cardinals offense. Mm. I know. I think you kind of believe in the upside down take because <laughs> – it it seems to be a developing consensus opinion that Arizona is going to be this fantasy, you know, goldmine because of Cliff Kingsbury's play volume. We all know, look, we all know that they're not going to run this many plays. But David Johnson did say, like, he expects them to run 90 plays. It is kind of stunning how, like, players seem to – and some, frankly, some front office executives seem to have no understanding of – how like player volume player yeah. volume in the NFL like when like when uh, the damn Cowboys come out and say like you know we expect to get as a part time player we expect Tavon Austin to get like twenty touches a game it's like did you even know how many plays are run in an NFL game like ninety would be absolutely absurd that doesn't even happen like at the college football level so but it just goes to show you and and Cliff Kingsbury's play calling history as not just a head coach but as an offensive coordinator too. That would lead you to believe that they're going to be a lot of they're going to be a lot of plays. They have an exciting young quarterback. They have 
an intriguing cast of characters in the pass catching department led by Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, who's you know still dirt cheap. Um, and like if you take a bunch of risky picks in best ball, it's kind of hard to not sit there when Larry, damn Larry Fitzgerald's there in the ninth, tenth round and be like, yeah, I'm probably getting 100 targets out of this pick. You know, and David Johnson, I think, is the most intriguing, the, the best bet. At, at He's the, number five, right? At 1.05 after the top four backs. Yeah. But what if this flops? Sucks. What if this flops? Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And I am surprised. Also, like the Kyler, the Kyler Murray, like if Royce Freeman was the hill that Brad Evans died on last year, Kyler Murray is the hill that he has eviscerated himself upon this year. Well, if Brad's going down, he's going down in flames. I mean, and then he'll be resurrected as he is every oh, year. As he is, as he is, because uh, because he'll end up with some amazing take that nobody had, and that's how it all washes out for all of us. But yeah, exactly. When you look at the card, have you looked at the Cardinals' schedule? First it's, month, I believe it is. Uh, I have it up. Let us let us know. This is a take I need to credit Al Ziegen, Ziegenfield? Al Zeidenfeld. Al Zeidenfeld. Al Smizzle. Al Smizzle, thank to, you. To the, to the folks. When I was in Vegas last week, God, it feels like so long ago. But when I was in Vegas last week, we all went to dinner. Smiz was there? He sat next to me. Oh, I nice. sat between I, James Coe and Al. God, that's, a, that's um, a hell of a time. And it is true, guys, when you are in this business and you go out to dinner, you talk about football for a lot. Like you just sort of talk about football and you throw out your takes and you get really passionate as sushi is being passed around and you're taking tequila shots and discussing like that's talking shop to us. People well, I, always ask me like, do you guys actually talk about work? Yeah, we talk about work all the talk time. About football, yeah. You know, um, I just don't want to talk about it with like you people, but I'll talk about it with. Well, because I'm intrigued. Like every we're all in a league together, so I'm like intrigued. It's by, yeah, like, it's yeah. interesting. So Al said very quietly, and he's a great guy, said very quietly, has anyone looked at the schedule? And everyone kind of was like, I mean, yeah. I mean, so of course yeah. I looked at the schedule, <laughs> Al. Duh. And then quietly, like, under, I definitely here. under the table was like, Cardinal schedule. So his point was the first three of the first four teams that Kyler Murray and the Cardinals will meet are teams that are going to intentionally play keep away. So Kyler Murray isn't going to have the opportunity to throw like a wild man or run like a wild man or, or, or rack up any sort of production. Those teams are Lions at Cardinals. Fair point. We know what the Lions are going to want to do. Cardinals at Ravens. Huh. Interesting. Panthers at Cardinals. Now that might be an interesting shootout. Seahawks at Cardinals, another team that wants to, that is mercilessly establish the hell out of the the run, run. attached to the run. So, I mean, what about all these, everyone is going to be expecting all of this production, especially out of the gate. Like, that's what we want to win now. We talk about that as a strategy all the time. I don't know if this team is going to be able to, like, even if they are not flopping, do that. Yeah. In the first month. Three out of the four teams, too, are, are good defenses. That's the, yes. Like, they're not just, they're not even just rushing teams. Like, Carolina, even, you said it could be a shootover. Like, they're, they're a run first team for sure. But, and, and I think, the, the all, yeah, so it's, it's all part of it, right? And th- that Lions game is going to, like, there are going to be, people going to get gonna be so some, chilly. Some ta- well, there are oh. going to be some takes after that one. Cause, like, e- two, one of two things can happen. One, they could go out and, like you say, you know, the Lions can really establish the run. It's It helps that it is in Arizona, I think. But, you know, they could go to establish the run and, like, really control the clock, whatever. You know, this offense is in its first week, whatever. But also, like, we could totally see a 
like, what if the Cardinals also just go out and, like, drop nuts on this crappy Lions defense that still isn't very good, you know, and, like, they just go up and down the damn field on them. So either way, I think week one, we're going to be, we'll be here and we'll be talking about, like, whoa, Blank Look at those happened. nuts being dropped. Look at I the will nuts never being say dropped that. or the nuts just got clipped off Kingsbury. Like one way or another, his nuts are falling. <laughs> okay. All right. I think that's a perfect way to end uh, that take. I think so too. <laughs> um, so that's a scenario that lives in the upside down. If that illuminates for you anything that you want to do with the Arizona Cardinals. Here's another one that I have said I'm guilty of. I'm I am totally guilty this of this. I and see what's coming. This is... Um, the Giants are a hellscape. Yep. For Eli Manning, as attractive as he may be. No one thinks that. Is <laughs> Did you see the, uh, have you, what are your thoughts, sorry, quick quick aside, what are your thoughts on the whole old person face thing? I'm not letting that that app have any of my information. Well, I mean, you're already all over the internet anyways. <laughs> they don't need to be in my phone. I got secret stuff in my phone. I don't need that. Fair point. Um, but did you see the Eli Manning uh, that he, the, he got he got God in this one that I no I didn't see it. Uh, we'll and talk offline. Whatever. I saw this crazy trailer for t- today about a movie with um, Tom Cruise and he flies around in jets and they look like they ran the whole thing through an old an old face filter. Oh, are you making a Top Gun reference because of the announcement at Comic Con? He looks old in the trailer. Well, he that is old, and people are allowed to age. <laughs> I'm not aging. No, I certainly am much faster than normal, like in a Benjamin <laughs> like Button way, but like, like reverse and faster. People said this about Big Little Lies too, and they were like, "Wow, Reese Witherspoon has like expression lines," and I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah she, she has emotions." Like she gets paid to emote. Yeah, right. That's her, her character. Just a side note: somebody, oh. somebody that we all know, but I won't mention, told me. That I should maybe feel triggered by Reese Witherspoon's character Who said that? on Big Little Lies. <sighs> and I was like, well, if you had bothered to get to know the real me, that you would know that my spirit animal is actually Shailene Woodley's character. Oh, because that is exactly who I am on the inside if you talk to me instead of just looking at me. We will who, get said, who said that? Tell me later because uh, that's fascinating because, yeah, that's a, that's a classic like, oh, yeah, you don't really know, Liz. Mm-hmm. Like if I didn't – if I was just judging you book on the cover, I might have said that too. But – I'd like to think we're better friends than that. I promise you, dear listener, that we will get back to fantasy football. <laughs> but we shortly, could talk big little but lies. I need to take the L on Laura Dern's husband, who I you stand. Ta- I talk, no, I stand. Last week, I was like, I love him. <laughs> He's got a grumpy look on his face. He's always playing with trains and is so exasperated. Yeah. And then at the court hearing, the nanny gets up in the back and she's like, I, I'm owed an extra hundred thirty grand. Wait. I, oh, oh no. <laughs> I thought we could spoil BLL here, but not Stranger Things 3 or whatever. Can we talk about the Giants? I mean, you don't want to talk about Fosse just for a second? I love Fosse Burden. <laughs> Norbert Leo Butts got robbed for a Best Supporting Actor Emmy. Continue. Um, yes. Just because I may be little and blonde and have opinions does not mean all the other things. Yeah, no. Not all the other things. So the Giants, Giants, Giants. are a hellscape. This Some would say. is a small ball offense. That I agree with. There is nobody worth touching outside of Saquon Barkley and fantasy. It's all, the, the rest is a disaster. Okay, I hear you. But is that an oversimplification, an assumption that 
there aren't going to be that or or the assumption that even though there are like 125, let's say, targets up for grabs, that they're all worthless. I would say that perhaps Golden Tate could have some fantasy value. You look mad. No, I'm listening. I'm listening and I'm trying to have my mind open. Is it impossible to believe that in PPR friendly formats, Golden Tate couldn't catch 80 to 85 balls, that he won't see at least 100 targets. Pretty No, pretty viable. One I of mean, the most durable receivers in the league. One of the most, I'm most, one of the receivers I've been, and I watch a lot of receivers, one of the receivers I enjoy watching the most because he's. Because he's wonderful after the catch. And he's spicy. Correct. And he loves his maple donuts and a couple other things too. And when he was added to the team, it's too bad for Sterling Shepard, who I, I think, and you could correct me, might be better served not on the outside, which is where he will be kicked to. I think of the two of them, because we got this question a lot, I think the two of them, of the two of them, the one that can function more on the outside is, is Sterling Shepard. Right. But I don't think he would function. I think he would be better served with an actual X on the outside and yeah, he could do yeah. his thing on the inside. Well, so Corey now Coleman it will be out there. Great. Even better. Even better. So now I'm I'm a little bit worried about Shepard's efficiency. Yeah. We all know I mean listen, You haven't mentioned Evan Ingram yet. This is these are all guys who well, I mean, he could be an I'm not saying that I do believe that Evan Ingram will score more touchdowns than Golden Tate. Like I would not oh, yeah, project yeah, yeah. more than four sure. at most five scores for Golden Tate. And three of them are probably gonna happen because he breaks loose uh in some soft coverage and like goes long. Right? For another 20 Five, yards. you're feeling pretty frisky. Four to five touchdowns. I would say 80 balls averaging around 7.2 yards per reception. Oof. 600 <laughs> yards. Yikes. I mean, but that's it. Like, that is it. Liz the, loves it. Did you just fearlessly forecast? I, nice I sure did. Work. So give me 80, 600, four. That is top 30 wide receivers in a PPR-friendly league. And he's cheap too. I, he's another one. He's I, a forty-five. He's the wide receiver forty-five right now. I just took him in the tenth round of a best took him ball in the eleventh. Like, oh wow, look at you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's interesting. Like also, you know, we're doing Scott Fishbowl. We did a, a couple other two QB mocks here and there, and like Daniel Jones is dirt cheap. And like, look, Daniel Jones is getting starts at some point like now and and i'm saying this like now you're really like you're really pushing your luck here at some point but um daniel jones like is cheap he's probably gonna run like I, this offense it's tough for me because typically i just am like look i want to just associate my my players with good offenses and like eventually value is meaningless but at the same time i say that here as someone who continues to draft like burt wilson and kenny stills and i know that offense is going to be a dumpster but i'm like these players are cheap and i think they're good and they're in position to get volume and these guys are all more proven kind of kind of more proven players than stills and wilson so you saying this like actually is making me think about and i I mentioned evan ingram too because this year's tight end group is kind of funny like you know normally i feel like we all we all know there's the top three right kelsey kittle Ertz. but unlike and you know there's always a discussion you want to take one of these top guys or do you want to wait 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 on tight end but the, the hardest part about wait 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 waiting on tight end is that in previous years there was always some like young athletic stud that you could bet on like Kelsey or Kittle in years past. There's nobody like that this year. All those guys are actually pretty expensive because they're all in the middle rounds there. Hunter Henry, OJ Howard. And then the most proven one of them is really Evan Ingram, but he's in 
what I would say is appreciably the worst Tight offense. End four or five. Right. But so it's like, but it's just interesting because it's like what thinking about Evan Ingram, like, do you want to take that bet? I, I definitely want to take the OJ Howard Hunter Henry bet, but I've I have been thinking more and more recently about well, Evan Ingram is in position. Hey, did you hear volume. that Chris Herndon, speaking of tight ends, is suspended for foul games? I did, and I, I did you restrain yourself I, from Yeah. I decided that I was going to restrain myself both publicly and privately from communicating you with know you what? about the matter. I'm just gonna say this much. I'm not great at timing. Not great at being on. I'm not great at being on time for. Sh- I'm not great at timing in life. I'm not great at punctuality. I'm not great when it comes to the goddamn clock. I just timed out in three drafts. So, folks, when I have a hot take about a player, and then by the time the pot is posted, the news about a player breaks. Don't be surprised. Just think that's a great take. Maybe for a different year. Liz uh, told me not long ago, Matt. It doesn't pay to be punctual. <laughs> And, tell my bosses I said that. And <laughs> I, but I, th- I think about that all the time because I, I, there are a lot of people in my life that are frequently late, and I pride myself on being punctual. And part of me is like, why am I? I'm starting to think now as I'm. No, you should be the better person. Anyway, let's talk about. So we've talked about the upside down. Often, if you have been to Vegas, there are parts of Vegas that feel like the upside down. <laughs> It would not surprise me if I were to find exploding rats anywhere in this country, a couple living in Vegas. Yeah. Maybe the subways of New York City as well. But I want to talk about Vegas because while I was there, I grabbed some, what are these called? Papers. Papers. (laughs) Some betting sheets. (gasps) Some propositions. Ruffle them in front of the mic. There we go. (laughs) Do you hear that, folks? Those are papers. It's 2019 and you don't uh, have a damn special effect that you can like rough, you can make a paper ruffle. I've got no, like, with that technology, it doesn't exist. What, what better? We got though, some than, real than the real going but it's on also here. ruffle, not ruffle. Don't ruffle your papers, you ruffle, ruffle papers. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, not like a potato, it's not a potato chip, you know, or feathers. Oh, feathers are horrible. Oh my god, <laughs> I got attacked by a bird outside of my apartment the other day and I thought of you immediately. I was like, oh no, if this was Liz, she'd be dead. Brett really wants us to move on. <laughs> but a bird did get caught in my garage and I got scared. So. Save it for the Yahoo Fantasy Did I ever tell you about the time, uh, you about the time that two birds got into my ex-girlfriend's house? Like I went to... In her house house? Into her house house. Like I walked into... No, no, no. I, no, no I, wa- I walked into the door and what followed <laughs> me were... <laughs> Matt, you're cutting into the recording time for your other podcast that we need to tape later today. Hey, listen, I thought people would want to hear about the bird story. You know who got him out? Me. I had to, I had to touch him with, a, touched with a box, but, you know. I can't. It's so real. It is a real thing. Oh, I hate birds. Folks, speaking of things that fly, let's talk about the AFC East. Because on Liz's betting sheet here, obviously it has the Patriots as a big, fat favorite. Minus 700 odds to win the AFC East for, I believe, the 235th year in a row. How long has America been a country? Over 200. Over 200, right? Yeah. So 235th year in a row. 1776, do the math. Yeah. 235th year in a row, the Patriots are going to win the AFC East. The other team's odds, 6-1 to odds for the Jets flying and then on a land beast the bills eight to one odds and then you got the damn dolphins down there at 15 odds oh actually though think about it air land 
water. And and all of them keep getting killed They're by like, human beings. Pokemon. So actually the AFCs <laughs> is a great climate change <laughs> narrative because air beasts getting destroyed, land beast. I mean, the air beast is a jet, but whatever. Land beasts getting killed and in the sea also drying up and overheating. So of these. Oh, that's really good. I'm going to save that one. The Patriots are the clear favorite at minus 700 odds. If you were to take a bet, though, with the which of the well i i mean i can't, i forget which color we use so the I bills was blue, you were yellow okay so the, because we but we agree on this one the bills paying out at eight to one odds to me seems like the smartest bet the smartest money bet because it i could tell myself a story to borrow a phrase from you where the bills somehow manage sean mcdermott jerry rigs that defense enough that he can somehow manage and if josh allen does play with his hair on fire and execute on accuracy, which he desperately needs to do, then, and Tom Brady gets hurt. Yeah, right. Like, this is all like, yeah, Tom Brady, Right, there's a lot of ifs, but I can tell myself that story before I could tell myself that the Jets could win the division with their current coaching staff. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm all... As much as we like Sam Darnold, there's a real-life football, there's not a fantasy. We like Sam Darnold. We like some of the the pieces on the Jets' offense, but every time I want to get in on the Jets, I'm just like... Ooh, Adam Gase, though. Greg Williams, too. And, yeah, and Greg Williams. Uh, have they those two uh, thrown bows yet, or what's the deal? Uh, I like. I kind of. I kind of like the Bills. Okay, can we talk about the Bills though, real quick? Because I'm a little tilted about this backfield. I mean, this is the dear souls brave enough conversation. I I sent out a tweet today uh, saying that you know my last my final pick in Scott Fishbowl was uh, the was Frank Gore. In the 22nd that round. That doesn't seem crazy. Because, but it's your er- final pick. But earlier in the draft, in the 12th round, I had taken LaShawn McCoy. And when you can lock up a handcuffed tandem that reaches the combined age of 67, folks, you got to do it. What are you, are you, McCoy's cheap. All these yeah, backs are cheap. But they're all, they're all s- s- compromised. They're, they're you was- know, of them, I would, I would take the rookie. I'd take Henderson. You mean Singletary? Singletary. But he's so, he's such a jag to me. It does, does it matter in that format? Does it matter with a mobile QB? I mean, this is kind no. of, but not exactly like the Damien, uh, the Damien Williams conversation. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just one of those things I've been thinking about late, lately because I, I will, as, as, as ardent as I am about, you know, taking running backs in good offenses and attaching your, your good running backs to, good, to strong scoring offenses, when there's a cheap guy that's going to get volume in a, in a team that wants to run the ball too, and an offense that I don't think is going to be like, as bad as it was last year with like Nathan Peterman and before Allen really got running late in the year, I think McCoy could have some value. And if it's not McCoy, then I mean, Gore is interesting, like super cheap, but Singletary's also out there. And then there's TJ Yeldon. Like someone replied to that tweet, like, what are the odds like TJ Yeldon's the only one getting leg- legitimate volume by week six? And I was like, well, because I just made these two picks, like a million percent chance. Right. But yeah. <clears throat> I think the, I do think the Bills are le- like legitimately interesting as a team. I believe in McDermott. I believe in the defense. Ed Oliver was a slam dunk pick. I think there's a lot to like at eight. So to at one. eight to one, I'm, I don't mind it. Yeah. Um, let's I mean, yeah, you're not going to win because Dan Patriots going to win the division for the 235th year in a row. But still, let's move to the NFC East. The Eagles are at minus one ten. Dallas Cowboys at plus one fifty. Redskins at seven to one, and Giants at ten to one. I think we have discussed the likelihood of the Eagles winning this division because of the talent on their roster. But I look at the Dallas Cowboys and I think that they did make the postseason last year. Yep. They played my Rams. They lost to my Rams at plus 150. I'll take that bet. 
Yeah. And I will say, I know I've been chirping about this for like months with Dallas the, and their contract the, situation. Yeah. Like, but it is all starting to come to a head, you mm-hmm. know, like they're going into training camp. They have not gotten an extension done with Dak. They've got not gotten an extension done with Zeke. Zeke's potentially thinking about holding out, but it's hard to say. Um, we'll see. And they also have Amari Cooper who like I, I had somebody tweet this to me this week. Like, is it possible for them to make all three of three, them like right. the highest paid at their I position? And I'm like, well, I think there's one of two things that happen. Either of those three, Cooper walks. And I know this doesn't matter to what we're talking about, but I'm, I'm on a tangent. Sorry. Like Cooper will walk at the end of the year or they all three come back at those bloated ass salaries. Then what and then what happens to the defense? Oh, Byron Jones is gone. Jalen yeah. Smith is probably like, gone. At the cost of what is at, the answer? Exactly. And I think. Yeah, I think of the three of them, Cooper would be the, the most likely. I mean, to I leave. think the hope their their hope here is that Michael Gallup makes enough progress I like that Michael they can Gallup. allow they can allow Cooper to leave because Gallup is ascending, and then they take their bet in free agency or on another rookie. Yeah. AFC North, Cleveland Browns, Cleveland Browns at plus one twenty, Steelers at plus one seventy, Baltimore Ravens three to one, Cincinnati Bengals twelve to one. Sorry, Zach Taylor. I, so two interesting thing here. The <laughs> Cincinnati fact that the Bengals, Browns, by the way, Liz, I, I know you've had a good month because you, you were on vacation for part of it. Um, yeah. I, for you folks out there, if you think you've had a bad month, you've not had a bad month. You not have not had as bad a month as the Bengals offensive line. It's, it's been rough. Which Jonah Williams is like the barb of the NFL. <laughs> he was there for like gone, a hot minute gone. and then it's just like barb. She's gone. And, you know, then. So yeah, well done. And then, of course, to bring it back to our subject, Clint, Clint Bowling retires, you know, so, yeah. That means something for mixing, guys. Or does it? Yeah. I mean, maybe the, the issue is that he is has been so good and explosive. And also, when you look at the depth of the position right there, what else are you going to do? So I think you're in like Dalvin. You taking Dalvin Cook over? I'm taking. Uh, it's a tough one. I, I debated this in the draft yeah. this morning. I ended up going Mixon at the end of the second round. I've been taking Dalvin Cook a lot. I think what me it too. might make me do is feel okay about taking Giovanni Bernard later. I keep forgetting Gio exists. But yeah. Well, maybe you should think about him now. Think anyway, of these three, of these four squads, Matthew, you had an, uh, you had a thought. Ravens, three to one odds I like uh, to win the division because uh, I, I believe in the offense and offense taking a step forward here. I like the way Baltimore sets up offensively. Even if even if Lamar Jackson stays, you know, as an uninspiring passer, I think he's going to be better than he was in in year 1. And more importantly, I really believe in the stable of backs that they've got there. Ah, Justice Hill is a great late round pick to me. I I like I kind of like Mark Ingram in that in that fourth round range for running back. I like Mark Ingram in the fourth round range. The only way I'm going to be worried about that is if I see, like if I see August reports about Justice yeah. Hill causing a lot of buzz. Drum beats, baby. Yep. Then I'm not as excited about Ingram where he's at yeah. right now. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, but I mean, so the offense sets up well, and I know you and I have kind of different on this subject, but I still am of the belief that um, Wink Martindale and everybody will figure the defense out. Mm-hmm. I think they will eventually. Yeah. NFC North. Here's the thing that I found surprising, but maybe it's because, you know, my on again, off again love affair with the Chicago. It's actually, I don't know, man, like the Bears. Let let me just, if since this is an episode of Tangents, which I'm sure Brett is thrilled about, you know, the Bears found, I, I, I cheated on them. I full on cheated on them. Like that happened. 
the Bears were like, okay. They were cool about it. They were very much like, okay, we deserve to be cheated on. Like, we let you fall out of love with us. That's on us. We're going to work real hard to woo you back. And they have been. And it's been pleasant. And I am liking this renewed, we're like dating again. And it's very, very fun. But I still got like, you know, some ish about it. Like, so I'm, I'm still hard for me to fully believe that it can go back to being the way it was long, long time ago. So when I see that Vegas has them the most likely team to win the division at plus 180, so they're not a clear favorite, but still ahead of the Packers and the Vikings, who are both being given two to one odds, and then the Lions are pulling up the rear at eight to one. I was shocked. I was like, oh, my God, look at that. Look at the father of my kids. Look at that. They're up there. Matt was like, of course they are. Yeah, I mean, of course they are right answer all along Chicago Bears I mean I I don't I these two teams especially the Packers and the Vikings two to one you know they're like they're both I think kind of similar in that they came into last season with a lot of promise and there's been a lot of changes coming into this year um and I think you can tell you could tell yourself a story that both of these teams go a lot of different directions. Of course, I think there's been more wholesale changes in Green Bay with, you know, Matt LaFleur taking over as head coach. Of course, Mike Zimmer is still in Minnesota, but Green Bay, I think you could say go, you know, they could go a lot of different directions. Um, but there's, of course, a Hall of Fame quarterback, blah, 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 blah. And then in Minnesota, it's just what Kirk Cousins do you get versus you know, are there, are there desires to run the ball going to really kind of come to fruition? But I think there's a lot of questions with both teams, but I can tell myself a story of how either one of them knocks Chicago off the top. That's right. Like that, that is, I think the, it is just so hard for me to believe that the Bears defense won't regress. They're well, naturally the going to regress, regress, but they're also going to regress with Vic Fangio not there, like doubly. Yeah. And buying into Trubisky's ability to ascend to the next level was the last time we saw Mitch Trubisky in the playoffs and he looked to have been grown. Is that momentum going to continue heading into a new season? The sample size of positivity was so small that it's hard for me to believe that it was enough for Vegas to say, yep. There is enough. Yes, the defense will naturally regress. Miss me in my mentions. Miss Liz in her mentions with your chirping about that because it's just a fact. The defense will naturally mm-hmm. regress from a turnovers sacks perspective. It happens every year. The Bears are not special. You're not special either, by the way. You're just another piece of space dust. Now, the Bears offense, though, there is enough talent for them to to offset that defensive regression. But you know, as you, like Allen Robinson, good. Anthony Miller, good. Taylor Gabriel, good. Uh, Trey Burton's Trey there. Uh, Jerry Cohen, David Montgomery. I mean, the, the offense has actually added an, a really good piece in David Montgomery and Anthony Miller is kind of an addition too because he was just not ever. had separated shoulder all last yeah. year too and no one's talking about talk about how tough he played and he was good yes and he was good he's a good he's good in reception perception you know whatever so it is all kind of on the quarterback because the they also have the coach and the infrastructure for this offense to take that next step but if it, if they don't if they falter I think either the Packers or the Vikings are there to potentially snip them and I'm kind of leading towards the Vikings right now as that team. But I don't. I don't. Well, I don't like for a bet any of these picks because I mean, two to one odds is not enough. So I'm not going to put money on any of these teams. So from a betting perspective, I'm going to pass on the NFC North. Cool. AFC South: Colts, the clear favorite at minus one twenty. Houston Texans five to two. Jacksonville Jaguars (laughs) nine to two. My bad highlight. And Tennessee Titans thirteen to two. Matt had a stroke while deciding. (laughs) 
to uh, take the Houston Texans here. But I'm still here. You know, I also found it interesting that the Jaguars are above the Titans. You know, the, the same Titans whose head coach is willing to cut his off to uh, to win a Super Bowl. Did you see this? Vrabel? You didn't see that he said no. that? He said he's literally willing to cut it off to... And also, yeah, I mean, it's a whole it's a whole thing. Well, yeah. He said that on a podcast. Can you he it? did. He did. He did. Let's and his, re- his reasoning was also terrible. He's like, oh, I've been married for 20 years. I don't really need it anymore. He's like, I think my wife might be willing to help. Basically, I was like, oh, Great wow. Great podcast. Moving on. Anyways, the Houston Texans. The Texans obviously are shrouded in a lot of you know, mystery you right, now shroud from, right now. Shrouded in a lot of mystery from uh from a uh front office perspective. <laughs> There's a lot of bandages that need to be put onto the front office right now. And I think I think that's interesting, but also like I really love this offense. Deshaun Watson, Will Fuller, you know, Kiki Cutie really setting up well. And defensively, I mean there's the the J, Jadavian Clowney stare down, but I think there's enough talent defensively for them to kind of take that step. So I actually wouldn't be surprised if, I mean, just like last year, the the Texans won the division, right? The Colts were everybody's sexy favorite team, and they obviously beat them in the playoffs. But I wouldn't be the Colts are the I think the best built young team in the NFL right now. But the Texans still have enough talent to to potentially win the division at five to two odds. There's a lot of weird drama, though. There's a lot of weird drama. drama. Those tackles need to turn over. There's a lot there. That's why. And that, I think, is why the Colts are a huge favorite at minus 120. All right. NFC South. I'm going to let you have this one, too, because obviously I admitted that, you know, my first love and I had some issues. You have been on again, off again with your first love. And I just can't help myself. And I just can't help myself but fall in love with the Panthers. Again, six to one odds here. I mean, the Saints minus two twenty. They're a huge. They're a huge favorite. That's, that's insane to me too. I mean, even the Falcons at three to one are great, but you know the Panthers. Look, I think defensively they've rebuilt themselves, and there's so much to like on the offense if Cam Newton's healthy. I mean, this is like the Jokers who are out there. Like, this is the type of fantasy analysis that I just absolutely hate. When people are like, Cam Newton's never supported, you know, two fantasy receivers. Oh, damn. I can't believe he didn't support um, freaking, you they know, have? Philly Brown and Jericho Cotri to be two top four, 24 receivers. I've, geez, what a standard. Anyway, so there's a lot to like on offense. There's a lot to like on defense. I'm an idiot. I'm going to fall in love with them again. And when it, November comes around and they've uh, left me shrouded in death. Here we are. And death? Death. Shrouded oh. in death. Oh, okay. Covered in death. That means I got to wait till November to replace you? Yeah. <laughs> you got a long way to go, Liz. Six to one odds, though. I don't mind those one bit. Um, so I do think that that's a smart money bet. AFC West, the Chiefs, obvious favorite at, neg- at minus 180. Los Angeles Chargers at plus 180. You got the Denver Broncos and the Oakland Raiders both at 10 to one, bringing up the caboose. I'll say it. Denver Broncos, give me 10 to 1 odds in Denver Broncos. I think they have a very sneaky good team. We talked about the backfield. We talked about pieces. Joe Flacco's looking rugged AF right now. I ain't minding it. I ain't minding it either. Woo! My God, he looks Man, good. Man, bro grew a beard, and I was like, yes. Also, strap your back up. And even if you don't, you have, in my estimation, I'm not going to stutter, and I didn't misspeak, the second best rookie quarterback of this year's class. Right. 
<laughs> Matt does not agree with me in this estimation. That's fine. That's fine. We've been here before. Indeed. Uh, but I think I do like the Denver uh, bet here because I think defensively they're going to take a big leap. Um, I can't believe how cheap their defense is right now in fantasy drafts, too. I guess because they because everybody just is dumb and draft defense on like what they did last year. But when they had so many injuries, they had last so many year. injuries, and now, and now they they have they've got Vic Fangio, Fangio, yeah, and they've got Scangarello, and they've got a new scheme, and they've got and they new goat, pieces. The goat and receiver and Deshaun, Deshaun Hamilton. Hamilton should take a step forward, and even if Cart- Cortland Sutton isn't going to like put up a bunch of highlight worthy plays he's still going to be efficient he's still going to he's still going to average a nice yards per reception and he still can 50-50 a ball in the end zone and oh by the way like we've all just kind of Sutton Hamilton but Manuel Sanders is not going and he's on the PUP his way back. he's yes. not going on the PUP for training camp that's huge mm-hmm. like if I took him in the Scott Fishbowl real late nice why not i love it yeah love it uh, NFC West, Los Angeles Rams. This, okay, this to yeah. me was shocking. The last, Los Angeles Rams are the clear favorite with at minus 200 above the Seahawks, who are five to two, 49ers five to one, and the Arizona Cardinals at 20 to one. To me, I don't really want to mess money wise. I don't really want any of these bets. Matt might take one. He'll talk about in a second. But to me, the most illuminating thing was that Vegas thinks the Rams are such heavy favorites. I don't know if I'm t- like, I don't know if I can tell myself a story in which two of these four teams could like, I, I don't think the Arizona Cardinals are winning the NFC West. 20 to one odds, by the way, the the worst on the, on the board. I mean, they're growing, they're transitioning, which is so different than the hype as fantasy analysts that we are like yeah, here oh, honking, yeah, yeah, constant yeah. honking about it. But honking, 49ers, underrated. Seahawks. I don't know if I can't believe that one of these two teams could beat the Rams and win totally the division. Agree. Totally agree. I think that's the take for sure. And um, yeah, I think it's possible that, uh, look, I think the Rams are a budding, you know, long-term success. I'm not going to say dynasty. Of course, they didn't want a Super Bowl, but like, you know, they're a long, they're, they have budded into a long-term successful team. Now we just have to ask ourselves, um, you know, are they the type of team that's going to win the division every year? I don't think so. So uh, in any year, the, S- the Seahawks can pop up there. The 49ers, if they reach their potential, could pop up there. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And even though we had some tangents, hopefully they were informative to you. But I think this podcast has reached its potential. So we're going to stop things right here. But don't worry, we'll be back next week with more pod. You can call our voicemail line if you have questions about any of the things, right? If you have questions about how to... Let me tell you, folks. Girl, my green juice recipe has evolved. It is so good. It is so damn good. If you have thoughts about green juice, Brussels sprouts. Birds. No. No birds. Um, Relationships, working oh, yeah. out, whatever it is. Got a lot to say on relationships. Give us a call. You can leave a voicemail at 888-85-YAHOO. That's 888-85-YAHOO. Matt still has, still has, still has this rookie orientation podcast. You want to tell people about it if they haven't checked in yet. Also, like if we're binging in the summer, if you're binging Green Juice, you're binging Netflix, you're binging HBO Go, you're also binging maybe some podcasts. They're short, they're snackable. I should probably get to binging because I'm way behind, but tell me why I should. Well, we've got um, some good episodes coming up. We've got a lot of, all the quarterbacks are coming up. So like if you haven't, you've got Drew Locke which the fabulous Liz Loza will be on. Uh, we've got Kyler Murray coming up. Uh, great conversations with uh, one of the play-by-play guys. Do you do Dwayne Haskins too? 
Yeah, he's coming up as well. Oh. So we, none, none of the we've we've been backloading the quarterbacks for the and even Daniel Jones, which there's a can't miss conversation on the Daniel Jones episode with his uh, roommate um, from college. So very exciting stuff. We have that one, and of course, as you mentioned, we, the most recent episode that we just put out is DK Metcalf, which frankly was one of my favorite ones because we had DK on the podcast and also had a lot of great guests to kind of break him down and give different perspectives. Like we had, you know, someone like a numbers based analyst, like JJ Zacharyson to talk about that. And then also, you know, like Matt Waldman, the typical, I didn't even see his 40 time live because I was too busy uh, grinding film type of analyst. Uh, great impression. Well, he is way. certainly was certainly a polarizing prospect, but hopefully listeners can gain some clarity on his skill set. Can I promote one potential. more thing? No. Well, I'm going to do it anyways. Join our, our fantasy Facebook group, the fantasy football survival kit. We're here to get each other through this thing, whatever it is. You can you can ask me anything on the Facebook group all year. Oh, Matt promoting an AMA. Shocking. You can Liz, also are you gonna join the fantasy no. Facebook? I didn't think so. You can also follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. I'm at Liz Loza underscore FF. That is at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. Thanks, Dad, for helping us. And we are out. I don't know if they know that like, Am I, I the call dad? You dad. I'm the dad. Yeah. Okay, we'll leave this part. I call dad. Okay, goodbye. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.